Was Happening World. I'm your host, The Wizard of Oz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, Karen and I are going to go over not one, but two movies, Sonic 1 and 2. And I have been waiting for this episode. I am the biggest Sonic fan. Not of the games. Never played the game in my life. But of these movies, obsessed. What's your history with them, Ben? Well, I played the games. So I... I'm a video game nerd, so I, I knew the games first. Uh, uh, I, I just actually, because of this podcast, I started watching the movies, and I think they're really good for what they're worth. I mean, I think they're well-written. The scripts are funny. Uh, the characterization's great. I liked it a lot. I, I agree with all of that. I think for a kid's movie, um, it actually has a lot of themes that I really enjoy. When we get to the, talking about Sonic 2, if you've been listening, we did reference it in the Batman episode. I think in the first Sonic, great family film. I think it's so funny because during the beginning of this movie, the animation was completely different on Sonic. He looked nothing like he did. Yeah, it was it was really well done. I think so when the movie starts, Sonic is basically on his home world and he has to escape. Right. And he ends up going to Earth. So he abandons he doesn't abandon, but he actually like has to run from getting hurt. And the, the owl sends him through the ring and tells him he's going to be special. And he goes to Earth. And then he really doesn't know anybody on Earth. So he's hiding out by himself, alone, recluse, but he wants love. Oh, my God. Just everything comes back to Wanda. But, yes, <laughs> it is just like Wanda. All he wants, I mean, I think it's, the film is so well done to the point where during the baseball scene, I forgot that he was alone because he moves so fast. Yeah. That was actually a great scene. And it plays into uh, part two. Exactly. Because yeah, he ends up like emitting a, a, an energy source that comes in later. But we'll talk that after. We'll talk about that after. But he does emit an energy source, which makes the whole town lose power. And what makes the U.S. government employ Dr. Robotnik, which is Jim Carrey acting full manic, just really diving headfirst into this role. He was great. I thought he did a great job as Dr. Robotnik. He made it so funny. He was hysterical. His like little like one liners and just like when he's um yelling at the military guy, it's so funny. Yeah, he's he makes the movie. If you get the chance to watch it, you, it really Jim Carrey is incredible in this in that role as Dr. Robotnik. I can't even emphasize how much he made me crack up. Oh my god, he is every time he's on screen, you're laughing. And I think he works so well with Ben Schwartz who voices Sonic. I think they have such a good dynamic together. That, like, I really do believe this, like, cat and mouse game that they're in. Because, like, I don't, I don't know. I thought that their chemistry was really apparent. Yeah. It it's definitely shows throughout the movie. Sonic is watching the town. Yes. Uh, so he can't, he can't go into town. He feels, you know, he, he doesn't want to go into town. So this one guy knows he's there and he's hunting him. Carl. Crazy Carl. Carl. Crazy Carl. <laughs> it's so funny. But then he, like, gives names to these people. He's like, you know, the Donut Lord. Yeah. And what was it? Pretzel Lady. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really funny. It's it's very funny and it's very and it's very cute because I think when we're watching this movie, Sonic is only what like ten or thirteen years old. Like he is a child, so to watch him kind of grow up on his own, but have all this like very like fun sensibilities. I mean, his one goal in life is to make a friend. I mean, if that's not every person when they're a child, I don't know what is. Yeah, and like he is so lonely. Like you could tell he. He, like, has movie night. They have a movie night. And he sits outside the window and watches it with them, but they don't know. But he's like, makes this makeshift family with them that's not real. In his mind, it's real, but, like, Wanda. Uh, <laughs> Just like Wanda. So it's kind of like Wanda. So this all falls back to Wanda. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he, he's basically, like, living precariously through these people. And you feel so bad for him. You're like, oh, my God, I wish this poor guy, or this poor kid would get a family. And lo and behold, 
what happens? He does. I think what shines about this movie is the growing friendship and relationship between Sonic and James Marsden's character. Um, I think it's so fun because I love a road trip movie, first of all. Yeah. And I love the idea of like this buddy road trip film that they're on together because they have to go from Montana to San Francisco to retrieve his rings. And I think they make it really fun because you have like the begrudgingly James Marsden with like this overzealous child and they're just trying to figure each other out and they're both looking for something in life. And what I like is that they end up finding it within each other. Yeah, like the part with the world's biggest rubber band. Oh my God. (laughs) I love when he's like, you just go west. And then he like comes back like covered in like water. And he was like, He's like, all oh, right, all oh, right, that's on me, that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. He's like, all right, it's not as good as it was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I thought was really funny watching the movie was, especially in season in two, maybe the in three they'll have is Sonic loves Keanu Reeves. So I was expecting a Keanu cameo because it's not outside of what he would do be doing right now. No, no, not at all. I could see it. I could right? see it. Wouldn't that be so fun? It would be fun. I mean, like watching Sonic, you just see like all the different, like he lives out different parts of movies. You yeah. Know, like uh, Risky Business when he's, he's getting all the bubbles and everything. That's part two. But you see he, he's a big kid and he just wants to like have fun. That's all he cares about is having fun. Exactly. I love the progression of these two movies because in the first one we see Sonic trying to find a friend and solidify what he calls a family. And then in the second movie, he has this very successful family dynamic and within that as you know like when you're growing up and you're going through your teenage years which I would assume he's like 15 in the second movie we see him trying to break away from that and create his own identity and make friends and be among people like who are himself and I think it really shows in his relationship with Tails and then his subsequent relationship with Knuckles by the end of the film and I think it's important to show and I think what the movie did so well was tying those themes continuously throughout because that's what makes i believe this first movie so strong yeah it was the ties that bind that's exactly the ties that bind so if you know what that means then you understand it's the the tying of each other and it binds you and that's what happens with you know donut lord and pretzel woman and sonic so they become a family and it's it's just because they're so wrapped up in each other that they become a family basically Exactly. And I feel like you really see, just like any road trip movie, you see that throughout whatever struggles you go through during this journey, you always come out bonded together. And I love that because we see that in the second movie between Tails and Sonic, where Sonic is more of the James Marsden character and Tails is more of the like, I don't want to say like child because they're the same age, but more like the unexperienced one. Yeah. Yeah, needy dependent. Yes, okay, needy (laughs) dependent, that's a good way. But I thought it was so fun. Like, one of my favorite scenes in the first movie is when they go into the bar because he wants to go into the biker bar. Oh, that's great. Oh, and it reminds me of the Quicksilver scene in the new X, in one of the new X-Men's, what one is it, Days of Future Past? I think so. I think I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote me. Don't, yeah. I think that's it. I mean, I get confused with all the reboots, but the one where Evan Peters runs through and everything is so still i thought that the scene in sonic was a really good call the to, bar fight yeah to the bar <laughs> i loved it it was really good the bar fight's a great scene if you get a chance like i said if you haven't seen sonic i suggest you watch both of them because you know how like they say like when they make a sequel it's not as good i totally say that this is just as good part two is just as good as part one i fully agree with that and i 
so I was a huge fan. I really pushed for us to do these two movies. Another children's movie, there are two other children's movies that are sequels that have two films in them that I equate Sonic to. It's the Sing, the Sing movie. So Sing and Sing 2 and then Paddington and Paddington 2 where I find that all the sequels within these three different franchises are just as strong, if not stronger than their originals. Yeah, I I liked Sing 2. I actually watched that with my granddaughter recently and I was like, hey, this isn't that bad. It took me, I felt so dumb that it took me till almost the end of the movie to realize that Bono was the lion. Like, literally, I was like, oh, that's why they have so much YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think right now, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like traditionally sequels are very weak. I was so surprised. That's why I love the second one. But back, we'll we'll get to the second one. I get so excited because it's so good. But in the first one, they go to this biker bar because... Sonic wants to see the world. He's yep. seen what? He's seen Montana. <laughs> yeah, an outskirts of Montana. Not even Montana. He's just been like on the outskirts looking in. So he's finally out. Yes, yeah, he's, he's, he's out. I love too when he's like in the car and you can just see his like excitement growing and growing. I think the animators and whoever made this movie did such a great job really portraying this animated creature to stand amongst like flesh and blood actors i thought it was just as like expressive as like james marsden and it felt almost real yeah i don't know if they did but it seems like they like took children and watched how they acted and integrated that into sonic's character oh absolutely i mean the like when he's like going up and down in the sea (laughs) it just there were so many parts that made it feel so real that helped i think the overall feel and tone of the movie because then when like those emotional scenes hit they hit i think harder yeah Yep. And like with Dr. Robotnik, even though he's trying to get Sonic, Sonic doesn't hate the guy. Sonic no. doesn't like have anything against him. He actually kind of jokes. With, he thinks he's joking with them. And Dr. Robotnik gets so furious, you know, which I think it's part of like Sonic. He's like this funny, sarcastic, kind of arrogant kid because he's like, I'm faster and better than all of you. Like, realistically, you can't touch me. Yeah. But he just has fun. But that's the thing. He's so fun loving at and to his core yeah yeah he's just a happy-go-lucky kid he's, he's a kid. kid i mean like when he when they show his cave that he lives in it's like a kid it's a kid's room like if you've seen it it's just like a, it's got comic books it's got yeah it's a kid's room it's a kid's room and i think i think to have his backstory like we do in the first one to then have to see it built up on the second one is so interesting because then we have the introduction of the character knuckles who i would say is the polar opposite of sonic yes they have similar stories, but I really think it goes to show that like your mentality and what you put into life is what you get out of it. Because if we compare Sonic and Knuckles, we have Sonic who is fun-loving, light. He wants to use his powers for good. He wants to help. And then we have the very intense, very war, but like militant, I would say, Knuckles, who has no family just like Sonic, but also hasn't allowed himself to be adopted into a family. Right, and I think Knuckles' character feels that he has to avenge the death of all his tribesmen. Whereas Sonic, I think, just mourned the death of Longclaw. Right, right. And that's what, you know, you kind of feel for both characters. Oh, I mean, absolutely. So in the second movie, there's a flashback to baby Knuckles. And he is just so, it's so sad. He's so cute. And he's like saying goodbye to his dad. And his dad eventually dies in the battle against Longclaw. But it was so sweet and sad because you can see that innocence from him being a child to losing it. Right. You know what it reminded me of? You ever see Braveheart? Oh, my God. Yes. 
Yeah, that's it's actually a brave hot scene. It is. Yeah, when he wants to go with his dad off the war, and he goes, yeah. "I can fight." He's like, "No, nah, not th- today's not your fight." And yeah, it just reminded me so much. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Braveheart." It is Braveheart. <laughs> oh my god, that is so. Hard. I didn't even think. I love Braveheart. I yeah. haven't seen that movie in so long. But, but I just it. watched it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like that. And I think this the Sonic movies like have such good like references to other films. It's like it's yeah. they're movies that are made by people who love film. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the first one, even the ending, like it's not really an ending. And you know no. it's not next. So, like, but it just closure for that movie. Yeah. And it feels very natural. I feel like it felt like, oh, we get to see a snippet of this little alien's life. And then hopefully we get to see more of it because obviously there's like a lot of lore that goes because they're building up this like Sega universe. Yeah. Yep. 100%. So, Sonic has these rings that he can go any place in the, in the right. universe. And if he has to leave Earth, he's going, he plans to go to this mushroom planet. <laughs> That he hates. He's like, I do not want to go there. It's the worst place in the world. I hate mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. And it plays into later on in the movie. Right. Because then a way that instead of... And what I like about the Sonic movies is that they don't kill their villains. Right. He sends Robotnik to this mushroom planet. Right. Which I think is so fun. Because then it's like, well, he can come back now. Right. And that's the thing. You know, like, unlike Marvel, who has been killing off their villains... And bringing them back, thank God. Thank uh, God. <laughs> but yeah, uh, killing off villains is not like necessary. You don't no. have to kill every villain off that just because that superhero battles them or you know someone with powers battle them. You don't have to kill off the bad guy. No, you don't. And I think in this one, maybe it's because it is a kids movie, but I think it opens itself up to so many more possibilities. Like I love the beginning of Sonic Two, where we see the madness of Doctor Robotnik on this mushroom planet. Yeah, and it's polar opposite of what Sonic went through. Absolutely. Because Sonic went to Earth and he actually could see people and stuff like that. Whereas Dr. Robotnik's on a mushroom planet with nobody except for his Lieutenant Rock. Lieutenant Rock. Stone. (laughs) Yeah, Stone. Stone. Lieutenant Stone. (laughs) And this is a rock I call Stone. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll we have to finish one before we get to two. But I think the way we're jumping back and forth goes to show how intertwined and how connected these movies are and how... I think it really shows how well-written and developed it was. Yeah. They took all kinds of aspects from part one and integrated it into why this happens in part two exactly and i think that's what makes it shine i think sometimes in sequels it gets bogged down with oh we have to be as good as the first we have to do this and we have to do that where you can just expand on the story and tell it in a different way because now people are older things have changed so i think very well done and they're making a third yes and i'm very excited for that because it has shadows yes so shadow is awesome can't wait to see how that goes yes as as you know spoilers on any of these episodes (laughs) yeah we spoil we spoil we're spoilers i'm sorry uh but you know what the thing is it's movie review not you know know, not not teasers not sneak peeks yeah so if you're not listening if you're listening to this and you think oh well this is going to tell us a little bit about the movie oh you're wrong no we're going to tell you all about them (laughs) right but then you're going to want to watch it for yourself because we make it so you you're excited to see these exactly because we're i mean it's so fun Sonic 1, tight 90, can't beat it. I love a tight 90. Yeah, it was really good. Like I said, Jim Carrey's is so good in it. I thought it was great. He is hilarious. I think he's so funny how he's, I don't know, when he just like starts like screaming and then his little minion, his like little right hand man who's like obsessed with him, I'm like, oh, you guys are in love. <laughs> no, he's in love. <laughs> I don't know about Robotnik being in love. But... Well, Robotnik doesn't love anyone but himself, no. which I thought was so interesting. Well, when we get to two, we'll talk about that. But Robotnik is very self-serving, which I think is his downfall as a villain to be a true dynamic versus Sonic, who is not self-serving. He, S- Sonic is more, he wants to help. 
He's, yeah. I don't find him to be self-serving. No. I think the whole thing with Robotnik is he kind of gives a glimpse into his past where he says that being super intelligent, he was picked on. Right. You know? But I also hate that mentality of like, well, I was picked on when I was younger, so now I'm going to be a menace to everyone. Like, come on, dude. Don't you want to spread kindness in the world? Like, why do you want others to suffer like you did? To me, that that, that mentality has never made sense to me. No, it, it's it's not. But it does happen. No, I know. You know? I know. So that's awful. And like, if anybody's out there being picked on, I suggest that you do not pick on other people when you get older. Don't. Just, <laughs> listen to the Brightburn episode. <laughs> yeah, listen to Brightburn. <laughs> Take it to a different level. Take it to a different level. Like, I don't know. So I thought that, I mean, yes, obviously being picked on as a child is very sad. It's very hard. But I think it's how you come out of it. And Dr. Robotnik, yeah, he was successful and super smart, but he was a dick. Brightburn. <laughs> Brightburn. Also Brightburn. Brightburn. But, <laughs> like, it's all the same. Right? Brightburn, like, took it to a whole different level. Yeah, well, he started killing people. Yeah. At least Robotnik was just arrogant. Yeah, and he wasn't even picked on that bad. I mean, I know. Like, the girl kind of tripped him once, but, yeah, you know, didn't, when he did the circle thing, didn't catch him. Yeah. You know, it wasn't really even picked on. But, That's not picked on. No, but, yeah. And then, like, oh, you're picked on because you're smart. Like, you're also a dick about how smart you are. Like, yeah, when he's he talking to James Martison and he's like, I've accomplished everything before I was, like, a child that you will in your whole life. It's like, who says shit like that? Right? <laughs> I just love the quick quirks that uh, Sonic says to him. Like, oh, I you know, love it. He's like, yeah, I'm this, I'm that. And he's like, but I just did this, and I'm not none of that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> none of that. I think it's so funny because I think it adds levity to Robotnik. And I think it it's because Sonic is, like, the only person that can check him. Right. And, you know, it, that comes into pot, too. Yes. Because Sonic uses that. He's like, all right, so I'm basically his nemesis. Yeah. And he goes, I don't view it like that, but he does. So I we can use that as a week. Which I think is... And I think it shows like how smart Sonic is, but also how kind he is because he never is actively trying to hurt Robotnik. He's no. just trying to stop him. Yeah. He's trying to protect the, a world that he has no tie to. Right. And, you know, like he said, this is my family. This is my family. He made them into a family. Like he, in his own mind, made them into a family because he had nobody. So he made them his family. And he, you know, crazy Carl and, you know. <laughs> Super observant Carl. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he made them like people that he, he loved. Like yeah. he loved and it was just like, all right, I'm going to protect them no matter what. And I think it's so sweet, too, at the end when we see the whole town at the end of the first one, we see the whole town come together to kind of stop Robotnik. Yeah. They're like, this is our blue devil. <laughs> like, this right. is our alien creature. Right. You can't have him. Yeah, but, you know, that's kind of like any place. Like if you go to I, in New Jersey, the New Jersey devil, like the town that that's in, they've embraced that. They like have like, you know, all kinds of like stuff of the New Jersey devil and, you know, and Sasquatch. If you go out the Midwest, uh, the towns, they have. So, like, it's kind of becomes you're a part of you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? But I think it was so heartwarming to see that Sonic so desperately at the beginning wants to be part of this town and, like, wants to be part of a community that to see him just fully embraced by the end is, like, that to me was the true arc of the movie. Right. He got what he wanted. You know? Ex yeah, he got a family. Yep. And it was a big family. Uh, an extended family. It, was, it wasn't just Donut Lord and Pretzel Woman. It was like the whole time. Yes. And I, I think um, Pretzel Lady's sister is so funny. It's never. So one thing to me is like it's never clear why she hates Tom. Yeah. He just messes up her life. Like, yeah, that's true. Vicariously through events that are on his own, things he, happen that mess up her life. That's true. And I mean, one of the best scenes I thought of the second movie is when she goes and ruins the wedding when she confronts Shamar Moore. Yeah killed me are you kidding me that oh my so god funny. it was so funny so back to the first one 
So they finally make it to San Francisco. They've bonded along the way. Yep. And now Robotnik is also in San Francisco. Yes. And it's a showdown. Yep. And I thought it was fun. I liked it how he's red and Sonic's blue and it's very like video games. It felt very much like a video game. Yes. Yeah. And I like at the end and like they show like it as a video game. Exactly. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was so cool because compared to other video game movies I've seen, Mortal Kombat, I thought it was really refreshing and fun. Yeah. They've messed up the Mortal Kombat movies. So. How are you going to end have a whole different character when Liu Kang is right in front of you. Yeah, it's, it's make bad. that make sense to me. It's, <laughs> it's bad. Go and back. Go back. <laughs> Fix it. And I love Mortal Like, okay, we'll do one. No, I don't want to talk about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> okay, but no, it was a really good video game movie, I thought. So that ends, and then post-credit scene, Tails comes in. Right, and Tails is, like, obsessed with Sonic. Obsessed. So I guess whatever planet like Tails and Knuckles and Sonic are from originally is like Sonic's like a legend out there, right? She's yes. like, we learn. He's like, we learn about you and all this. And yeah, he becomes like a folklore. Yeah, like yeah. a like, like a myth. Yeah, a myth. You know of what Sonic is. You know, because Sonic basically left as a child, so no one truly knows Sonic. Like, yeah, he, he just vanished. Yeah, they just basically like put him through the portal and he goes to Earth. So he becomes like a myth, a legend, like Bigfoot. Like Bigfoot. <gasps> but in a superhero kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> in a blue devil kind of way. Yeah, in a blue devil kind of way. <laughs> but no, so then in the second movie, everyone's a little bit more established. Yep. We see that Sonic has kind of, they've kind of fallen into these nuclear roles of where James Marsden is like the father figure and Sonic's kind of like the right. son, but he's trying to break out from that. Right. Like I think most teenagers do. And he actually tells him, you're not my dad. Yeah. Which, but I think also like James Marsden's not his dad. And I feel like at the in the beginning movie, it was more of a res, a friend established relationship. Right. But through Sonic being so young, them actually like fully taking care of him like parents, it developed into this more like nuclear. Right. I think it goes with any kind of like adoption. Like if the child's older, the child knows that you're not the biological yeah. parent. So of course they're going to rebel at first and be like, you're not my father, you're not my father. Until they realize that you want to do good for them exactly then they encompass you as their their parent you know i'm not sure i wasn't adopted i'm just that's my guess but and, and i think it's shown through the movie where he's like oh i'm gonna do all these father-son things with you and sonic is like slowly like rejecting them like no we're equals and he's like we're not right he's like you have a lot to learn right you're a child you're a child and i think it's so interesting because we see sonic actually go through a series of obstacles on his own with tails where he's like wow i am i do have to learn right. and i think it's it's really interesting because the beginning scene is so funny in the first movie we see sonic fail and succeed and fail and succeed and then it starts off right out the gate in the second one he is failing but also succeeding at the same right. time right and especially when he stops the bank robbery oh my god the armored truck robbery and he goes look i I'm a hero. I stopped it. And he's like, and what he caught James Boston's like, you destroyed a town. You destroyed a whole, <laughs> like when all the water starts like shooting yeah. up. And I always think of stuff like that. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, you stopped one bank robbery, but like the millions you've done in damage, like, or the, the guy that he's in the, the van and he's like, you're the worst superhero ever. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then he like dissembles the whole car before it hits like the ice cream truck. So, and that's what's so fun about the movie is that it always keeps the whimsy. Yeah. 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 It can, it keeps up like the humor. Yeah, it was really funny. Part two starts out with basically Jim Carrey stuck on the bus from playing. Oh my god, the best this portobello purgatory, <laughs> <laughs> and it's hysterical because like he just makes this like juicer where it's like basically Sonic's running. It's like a fake Sonic made out of mushrooms, and it gets smushed and it juices, and he's what he's forced to survive any way he can. So he has to like get sustenance through these mushrooms. It's, it's funny. 
It's so funny. He has his Captain Stone, which is a rock. My rock named Stone. I think Jim Carrey was so much funnier in the second one than he was. They gave him, they were like, do your thing. Yeah. So he ends up having a piece of Sonic's quill. Which he stole from James Marsden in the first movie. Yes. And that's how he ends up making like a beacon. Yeah. To draw whatever, he goes, whatever comes. So he he does this beacon, he shoots a, a, a lightning into the sky and something comes. Something comes and who is it? Knuckles. So I think it also goes to show like we see how Jim Carrey survived through this whole thing because he actually takes out two of Knuckles' henchmen yeah. by throwing, by like pretending to be passed out, having a booby trap. And then I think that initially earns Knuckles' respect for him because he's oh, like, yeah. oh, you're a fighter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Knuckles is basically seeking Sonic. Yes. So that beacon that he sent is basically telling him that he knows the Sonic. Right. And he's like, well, get me off of this planet. I'll get you to Sonic. And then it's clear that they both have different agendas. But they're like the two villains that will work together. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. But then you see how their moral codes end up separating them. Right. And you see Knuckles kind of like he watches what Sonic does for for Tails. Yeah. And he's like, why he jump in front of that? He could have stopped this and he saved Tails, the fox. And Jim Carrey's like, you know, basically he's weak. You yeah. Know? But Knuckles doesn't view it like that. He's like, he's like, well, wait a minute. Well, I kind of, you wouldn't do that for me. Right. I think it's so interesting. And I think this, again, is applause to the writers, how well that they show the disintegration of the partnership between Robotnik and Knuckles and then the admiration and respect that Knuckles grows for Sonic. Yeah. And that Sonic grows for him. And then to the point where they become friends. Yes, they're very different, but they're still bonded. Right. And, you know, with Knuckles, you see, like, his admiration for the loyalty yes. Sonic has. And I think because, like we said, it's clear that Knuckles comes from a very militant background. Loyalty is, a that is the number one thing. If you don't have trust in loyalty, yeah. th- that's life, life and death in someone's hands. Right. And when he does the power bump yeah. and he does his little speech, he basically says that. He's like, you know we're going to do this together. We're going to do this. Like, you know, he basically saying like, we're a team and we're going to live and die as a team. Right. And I think it's so clear that what Sonic is searching for in the first movie and finds Knuckles is searching for in the second movie. Yes. Yep. hundred percent. Tails. Tails too. Tails is searching for stuff too. Yeah. Because when Tails almost gets killed, that's when you see Sonic realize what Mazdan had said earlier. Yeah. He's like, oh, my actions actually do directly affect those and I have to be responsible for myself and all those around me. And like I said, it fits into the new Batman movie. You become the hero you need to be when the time is right. And I think Sonic 2 does it. I think it's, I mean, Batman. And I think it was, I thought, I love that parallel. I don't know if anyone else saw it. I did. (laughs) It was a good parallel. But I love, and then it shows, and like I love Tails and Sonic's relationship because Tails put Sonic on a pedestal. And Sonic realizes this, and I think at the beginning kind of exploits it, not knowing. Right. I think Tails is definitely a great character for for this movie because it's someone so- Sonic needed. Oh, absolutely. Like his, uh, how can I say it? When, when he's like being rescued by Tails, he's like only Sonic would need this many rescues. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what Sonic does, he's always like making Sonic out to be like incredible. Yeah. You know, like, no matter how, oh, look at, again, I have to save Sonic. But it's not like he's saying it like, he's saying it as in, as in worship. Exactly. Because no matter what happens, Sonic can do no wrong to Tails. Right. But then I think it's so fun when we see Knuckles enter this like this duo and they become a trio because everyone does wrong to yeah. Knuckles. Yes. And he's like, I am better than you. I You are weak. 
But then they just like laugh along with him and he's like, oh, I am funny. Like maybe I think everyone balances each other out and it's like the perfect friend group, which yeah. what it, which is what Sonic was searching for, I think, in this movie. Right. And I think like when they're playing baseball, oh my God, I love that's that. a key plot because he goes, it's fun. And he yeah. goes, fun. And he's like, fun. And then he does the whole, you know, knuckle punch with the ball. And he goes, I have, I have taken first. First is my victim. <laughs> yeah. I will now conquer second. Like, but I think it's so fun. And it goes back to the first movie where we see Sonic alone playing baseball because yes. all he wants is that connection. And you see him, oh my God, when he reaches his hand out for a high five and like, it's just him. First right. of all, broke my heart. And then we see him in the sequel with friends, with a family. And he does give the power bumps and the high fives. And it's really, it's a it's a beautiful full circle moment, I think, to think of over two films. Yeah, and it's just like the part when they're talking about ice cream and, and he goes, and just like Knuckles' excitement, he goes, they have sprinkles. You know? <laughs> I know, because Knuckle ha- Knuckles hasn't seen any of this. No, and he's all excited, you know, and Sonic's like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. He's like, yeah, you're going to love it. And he's like, chill out. It's going to be fine. Yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's really cool to see the group come together and like the bond that they end up having. Right. And I think it's actually really cool, too, because then we see as the movie starts, we think it's the we think the main conflict of the movie is going to be Robotnik trying to get ultimate power for himself. What we think Knuckles hunting Sonic and getting ultimate power for himself and then Sonic trying to protect Earth. But what we actually but what the actual like arcs are is Sonic and Knuckles have the same goal. They don't want they want this power protected. And I think that's why they eventually find common ground. And then through their friendship, of course. But right. So, what is it? Knuckles' uh, group as uh, Arcadia's. Yeah, yeah, or the Arcanes, something. Like yeah, Arcadia's. I think it is. And they had these crystals, and they united them into one crystal, which was the green crystal. The big, like it looks. It looks so video game, like yeah. the giant jewel that you win. So what happens is they had done that, and then one warrior became all powerful and was basically killing armies, and then the owls came in and said, we can't have this, and took the crystal and hid it. So Knuckles wants to get the, the, the crystal. He's like, my, fa- my family's heritage, this is like everything they have. I want this. I want this back. Sonic really has no clue what the hell he's talking about. Sonic, well, this is the thing. Sonic was a lone child adopted by the owls because of his power, just like they adopted, like, just like they took the crystal. So, but keep going with your part, because I have a point, but it might be far-fetched. Oh, so like, so when he does find out about it, he's like, oh, I wonder why they never told me. And then like, you know, he sees the little thing on the map and then the owl comes out and tells him basically. So like he answers his own question. Right. And and it's heartbreaking to see like the way he looks at the owl because he knows it's gone. Yeah. And like Longclaw raised him. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting how like certain people and we'll I'll say like the owls like thought that they were better protectors than the Arcadias of protecting this power when it was like one bad thing doesn't dictate. And I think that's what Knuckles point was, was he was like, I'm trying to restore this to my family. Like this was never yours to begin with. And I think Sonic recognizes that. And he's like, well, let's do it together. He's like, I don't this isn't really my war. Right. And then, of course, Robotnik tricks them both and takes the power. Of course. And then as a trio, they defeat him. Right. But not before, like, he destroys the temple that they're in. Oh, and yeah. And floods with water. And basically, Knuckles gets trapped under this, like, gigantic piece of uh, concrete, like a pillar. 
And, and Sonic saves him. And Sonic has the choice to leave or save him, and he saves him, but Sonic can't swim. So then, so Sonic saves Knuckles, and then Sonic's like, but wait, don't leave me behind. And then we see Knuckles come back for him. Right. And then they have this bonding period on the beach where, like, you know, instead of fighting each other, they're, like, throwing sand at each other, like, yeah. talking shit to each other. Like, why did you save me? And why did you save me? You know, and, like, you can see they're starting to bond. Yeah, because up until this point, Knuckles has a growing respect for Sonic for how Sonic treats Tails. And he's like, this is actually more aligned with my values than Robotnik is. Right. And Sonic basically says, you don't have to be alone. Yeah. You know, there's people here that will be your family. You know, and that you can see Knuckles kind of like warm to that. He's like, I want that. Yeah. He's like, oh, I, I, and then he has it. And you see how happy he is. And then obviously there's an adjustment period, but. Yep. And when they fight Robotnik, Robotnik makes this giant robot, like just yeah. huge robot. He, he ends up becoming like this ultimate being. And he takes all these tanks and everything, and he builds this huge, gigantic robot, which is the robot from the video game. Right. Separately, they each try and defeat the robot, and they can't do it. But as a team, they can do it. Right. They utilize each of their powers and each of their strengths, and they really let each other shine, I don't think. And I think that was important for Sonic because before, he's like, I have to do everything on my own. Where it's like, well, you're failing on your own. Maybe lean on someone else and have someone help you. Yeah. And then Sonic becomes Gold Sonic. Yes. I forgot that he becomes, yes, he becomes Gold Sonic, which is like highest Sonic. Yes. And he ends up taking out Robotnik's robot and Robotnik. So Knuckles thinks that Sonic is overwhelmed with the power now so he tells them he's like this is no longer the sonic you know and then sonic gets a chili dog and drops one on knuckles and he's like no it's the sonic you know (laughs) he's like oh wait nope there he is and i think that goes to show that like if you know who you are and you have a good heart power can't corrupt you a hundred percent i mean ultimate power doesn't have to corrupt you up ultimately no it doesn't it only does if you're seeking that power for malicious and selfish reasons like say you're you're a wealthy business and you're already made enough money you don't need to destroy smaller businesses to continue making money. You've already made enough money. Already That's just greed. Money. That is greed. But I also think it feeds into like capitalism. It all comes back to capitalism because it has this idea of like you can never be settled in what you're doing. You always have to be pushing for something more and always be going for something more. And what's the next thing? And what's the next step? It's like, can I enjoy where I'm at? Like I'm here. Yep. So in the movie at the end, the robot falls. Yeah. The head's cut off and you see Robotnik standing there in the open and the robot falls. So you, everybody believes Robotnik's dead. But he's not. I don't think he is. No, they can't find him. But you can't find him. But then we see his secret post credits scene. We see his secret Sonic, his shadow Sonic. Yeah. So, so things are going to happen. Yes. Well, we have to talk, before we go, we have to talk about one of my favorite scenes from Sonic 2, which is the wedding. Oh, that was the best It was ever. the best. So Pretzel Lady's sister is getting married to Shamar Moore. And Shamar Moore is military. And so they go to Hawaii for the wedding, not Sonic, of course. And she hates Tom anyways. And she's like, don't ruin my wedding. And of course, Tom ruins the wedding. So he throws a ring and Sonic um, blows a blizzard into Hawaii. Beautiful, by the way. And then, so now it comes out that the wedding is fake and that Shamar Moore was just marrying her to get info about Sonic and the family because they think all alien life forms are evil and need to be contained. Not true. And so then her mind breaks. She breaks. I would break yeah. if someone like faked all this like wedding and be like, you better pay for all this because it ain't me. And then she 
loses her mind. My favorite part is when they go to the Mai Tai cart and she just like starts chugging a Mai Tai and she's like, she's like, I needed that. I needed that. And she's like, you and her sister's like, you good? And then they take Tails' backpack and they have all these really fun tools and <laughs> the best scene. I Well, I don't want to give it away because it's such a fun shock, but I will because spoilers. We spoil. We spoil. <laughs> we spoil. We spoil. She drives a golf cart. And almost hits Shamar more. Like, he has to physically jump out of the way. And then she runs it into the stage where, like, the band is set up. No people, of course. And then just huge explosions behind her. She's, like, chugging a bottle of champagne. And she's like, where are you at? Come on out. So funny. I was dying. She was, I thought that was the most, like, realistic thing. Yeah, it was funny. Especially, like, when she uses some of the, the gadgetry. And when the sister's surrounded by three people and she she throws the thing and it takes all three out she goes i didn't even mean to do that <laughs> or when the it's like the uh captain and shamar Moore and she has like the gun and he's like that's not a real gun and she like blows up and she like vaporizes the cake and they're like oh god that is a real gun right yeah she's like all like holding it she's like now what now what <laughs> i thought she is so funny she is funny. and that the any wedding scene was hilarious because I thought she really shone and I was like I would watch a whole movie about the wedding and like the fallout she was great then Shaman Moore falls in love with her basically yeah because she's like not I don't want to say crazy but because she's so passionate about how like wrong he's done he's like wow like she's like she's a woman she can hold her own she can do all this I was had me rolling it was really funny so you got to watch Sonic 1 and 2. Both of them it. are totally worth it. They're both on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus also now has the rights to them. Yep. And they are doing a Knuckles spinoff show, which should come out in 2023. Oh, nice. And then Shad- the Sonic 3 movie with Shadow Sonic should be out sometime in 2004. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, 2024. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Well, as always, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with some more fun stuff. All right. Well, thank you all. And tune in next week to What's Happening.